0: your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore.
1: Dipsy offers a modern approach to romance through high quality and captivating audio fiction. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to DipsyStories.com slash Just Break Up.
0: That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A Stories.com slash Just Break DipsyStories.com slash Just Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name
1: is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week we're going to tackle topics like when your friends date your former enemies, why sex is terrifying, <laughs> and Instagram drama. <laughs> going to be a good one. Yeah. Uh, But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we don't know what we're talking about.
0: We don't know what we're talking about. We are not professionals. We are not trained in this. We are just humans trying our best. Yeah. And sometimes our best is not very good. No,
1: unfortunately.
0: Yes. uh, We are just opinionated humans who are trying to do the human thing, which is judge other people and give them advice. (laughs)
1: We don't judge. No,
0: we don't judge. But, like, we do pass judgment upon the letters. Yes. Meaning, like, we...
1: But, like, mostly to the the people who have done you wrong. That's right. who we judge.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is all to say, please take our advice as you see fit. We're just here to offer our humble musings, to so hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. Guess what? What? Not only is this week... The week of our live
1: show—it's mm-hmm. yep.
0: Halloween, one of my favorite holidays ever.
1: Woo woo! I hate Halloween. Why? I—it's mm, too much enthusiasm.
0: You met Peter at a—you ho- don't like enthusiasm. <laughs> I'm gonna th- throw my chair at you. God, you're such a curmudgeonly old.
1: Ugh. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of money. I don't know. I'm just like not. I don't.
0: But you like dressing up, don't you?
1: Yeah. To a certain extent, but, like, you can only go as Doctor Who so many times before people start (laughs) complaining about it.
0: (laughs) This is what I'll say about Halloween is that I love to dress up, um, but I I just—I want to go to a party where people are committed to the dress up. Yeah. You don't want to go to a party where people are so cool and they wear, like, a— a trucker hat yeah and say that they're ocean kutcher
1: right i don't think that those people are like i'm so cool i think that those people are uncreative and w- unwilling to commit which is exactly what i am so like
0: i think it's about people who don't want to look stupid and no. i'm at the point in my life where i'm like well that's unavoidable. avoidable so <laughs> might as well have fun and like dance as the little mermaid instead you know
1: yeah i love to dance like a idiot. Yeah, but I just, you're like, my
0: favorite dance partner.
1: I just don't feel like I need to do it in a costume.
0: Yeah. Okay, well I feel like a little emotionally distanced from you right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's alright. We can like different things. Uh...
0: I mean I <laughs> I'm like love, getting stressed. I
1: love Christmas like a crazy person. So. Yeah, I
0: do love how much you love Christmas. Um okay, so I want to talk about Halloween, but more importantly, I want to talk I want to share ghost stories.
1: Ooh. Yeah.
0: So you have we'll go back and forth a couple times, like two or three times, and you yep. can either share a ghostly experience you've had or heard or something like that, mm-hmm. right? Or when you were ghosted or you ghosted someone.
1: Okay. So it would have been really great to think about before we sat down for this episode, but that's fine.
0: I'll start. Okay, a ghost story. One apartment that I lived in, in Minneapolis, uh, it was so cheap. Mm -hmm. It was like $400 a month.
1: I remember that creepy ass apartment.
0: Yes, because there was a creepy ass bathroom. It was like a shared bathroom. and It's it's not that shared bathrooms are creepy, but this one looked like it was from the set of Saw.
1: (laughs) It did. <laughs>
0: it was like yellow lighting, uh-huh. like blood red, brown walls, rusty fucking toilet. And it was so cheap, though, y'all. And centrally located. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my keys for like two months um, to that apartment and I was young and a hot mess. So I climbed in the window from the second story fire escape. Love that. Forever. Yeah. And I just want you to know that the window and the fire escape were not connected. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, and there was also a squirrel that, like, would come in through my window and, like, eat things in my kitchen, and then I'd wake up and find him there, and he'd run out. I tried to befriend him, but... Anyway, this is a ghost story. Yes, yeah, so... I was
1: like, that's not a ghost, that's a squirrel.
0: <laughs> <laughs> at that apartment, I was... When I lived there, I was working, like, an early, early hours as, like, a receptionist mm-hmm. at a chiropractic office, mm-hmm. and I would oftentimes go to work really early, come home in the mid afternoon cuz yeah. and then I would take a nap. Mm-hmm. Um and during that those naps like the I would dream so often about the apartment as is, like the the lighting and the layout of the apartment would be the same as in real life, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. And I always dreamt uh that there was a like a adolescent eight or a little boy coming like a boy presence in my apartment mm-hmm. so much so that i would often wake up like walking to my door to check to, to lock it or to check that it was locked because i thought it would be open mm. because i kept i kept feeling this like presence of like a boy coming in and out and it was like i don't know eight to 12 year old boy or i would dream that uh, there was like a boy sitting on the foot of my bed yeah. Okay. That's not
1: done. Creepy. <laughs> yeah. Not done yet. Okay. And
0: so, so I would always check and see like if the door was open mm-hmm. in in my sleep or whatever. And then I had this plastic black plastic chair that I got from IKEA, and um, one day it was happening so often that I started noticing that I guess like when you have reoccurring dreams or like yeah, you yep. feel that I I don't even know if I believe in ghosts, but I did the thing that you're supposed to do with ghosts, which is acknowledge them. Yep. And I so I, like, so I said out loud to my empty apartment, like, okay, um, it's okay that you're here. Uh, you're cool. Mm-hmm. I'm cool. Well, you know, I hope that you are okay. Or <laughs> something like that. I don't remember what I said. <laughs> I hope like, you're nice. Yeah, 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 please don't yeah, do anything like, weird
1: to me. Yeah.
0: And maybe a couple of days later, that black plastic chair, I woke up from one of my naps and it had what looked like, you know when you scratch black plastic and it looks white or like light light gray it had what looked like scratched hand handprints like somebody stood behind the chairs and put their hands on the back of the chair like almost like scuffed it Mm -hmm. looks like scuffed lightness where two hands would go holding the back of the chair and I like tried to like wet it or clean it and it wouldn't go away um and then it it went away on its own like a couple days later Hmm. creepy right
1: yeah you had a little ghost boy in your apartment.
0: Yeah, but he was chill.
1: Yeah, seems like it. <laughs> you don't know what he was doing while you were sleeping.
0: Oh, come on. He was a little boy. Uh-huh, yeah. Probably died in that bathroom.
1: Yeah, let me tell you, <laughs> <laughs> little boys can be really ruthless.
0: <laughs> anyway, hope that ghost boy is doing good.
1: Yeah. I, I sure wish him is. well.
0: <laughs> Not all journeys can be mine. <laughs> All right, do you have a ghost or ghosting story?
1: Yeah, I can tell you about a time that I was haunted.
0: (laughs) By an ex? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Yeah, tell me.
1: Um, It was actually the ex who I developed the block, 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 block from because, like, we uh, dated and then lived together for two years. Mm -hmm. And then uh, he was like, we need to move out. And I was like, okay, fine. And then he continued to, like, text me all the time or, like, send me emails. And so eventually I was like, okay, well, I'm going to delete his number. Yeah. Or I'm gonna like block his number because I don't want to get text from him. And then he would like email me. Okay. And then it would be like, okay, well he's not he's I don't want to get emails from him. So then I blocked him on on email. (laughs) And then it was like and then he would Facebook message me. So then I like blocked him on Facebook and then it would be like Instagram and then like it was like Twitter as well. And I was like, I don't even use Twitter anymore. And he's still like anytime I would tweet something like once every six months, he would like immediately respond to it. I
0: do wonder, I did wonder how, th- how you got so thrilled because you told me when we were first discussing the Black Rock Method last yeah. summer, before we started the podcast, you were like, I even have it on my email. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. What kind of crazy self-control is that?
1: No, seriously, I do. But and it was
0: because it was a poltergeist.
1: Yeah, it was a poltergeist. Like he wouldn't leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. And then after that. Did
0: you try talking to him in an empty apartment? <laughs>
1: I should have. I should have been like, "Please leave." Um, But then after that, what he would do is he would come to my apartment and would leave me things in my mailbox. Oh my god, I
0: forgot that. I forgot that. That's so uncomfortable. That's what we call like boundary overstepping when you overstep someone else's. Thirty-seven boundaries to leave them a cupcake on their front step. For
1: sure, but let me tell you, that cupcake was delicious.
0: That is just the perfect example of our humanness. <laughs> they were like, "Black, black, black! Put up boundaries. Respect yourself." But I ate the fuck out of that. Puppy. What was it supposed
1: to do? Throw it away? <laughs> uh so that was that's a story of a terrible haunting that happened to me.
0: Ah, uh, yes. Mm. Um, I once was uh, ghosted. By someone mm-hmm. that I was in a relationship with and they didn't necessarily ghost me so much as they ghosted I don't know what I thought the person that I thought they were. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I'm, I'm making up a story. Uh no, I don't think I I don't think I've ever been ghosted. I or else I've just like blacked it out
1: of my memory. Uh I got ghosted by this really, really cute guy who i met through a friend of a friend and we had like a great night of like dancing and he was like so into me and like put his own number in my phone like i didn't even ask him to do it and then we like i like drove him home and we like made out in my car and it was like amazing and great and he was like oh my god this is so great this is so fun i can't wait to see you oh
0: my god i didn't
1: and then i texted him and i knew it was his number because i it was like A friend of a friend, and so like I was like, Is this his number? Is this like the right number? And she was like, Yeah, it is. He like never texted me back after that.
0: (laughs) He was in a relationship. Well, or something like that. He was like,
1: I think he was in love with someone else. May have been the issue. Uh but I was also just like, This is I didn't ask for this.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: I was just like trying to have friend or fun with my friend, and then you came on to me and put your number in my phone. You put your correct number <laughs> in my phone and then just disappeared from the face of the planet. Yeah. Yeah. Felt like a crazy person after that. I yeah. was like,
0: what? Yeah. It did sound like a a perfect shitstorm storm of pleasantries mm-hmm.
1: yeah. and
0: then nothing. And
1: then nothing. Yeah. And also, he lived two blocks away from me, which I know because I drove him home.
0: Spooky. <laughs> yeah.
1: And like refuse to respond. So what I would do is I would just go for walks around my neighborhood and be like, maybe I'll run into him.
0: Oh my god, girl, I have done that. I've done that. Like, uh, let me go for a run, even though I haven't gone for a run in like seven years. You know, like,
1: uh, oh god, oh, oh. to be young.
0: Ugh. Anyway, that's fun. Yeah. Happy Halloween.
1: Happy Halloween. What are well, you going as for Halloween?
0: Um, I really, really, really. Really wanted to before the Game of Thrones series ended, mm-hmm. um, the way it did.
1: <laughs> Ugh.
0: no spoilers! No spoilers. I really wanted to go as Daenerys, mm-hmm. um, and have my girlfriend who has really dark, curly hair and who is also happens to be very toned, yes, muscle- yeah. Um, I wanted to go as Daenerys and Carla Drogo. <laughs> <laughs> You know like a cute little lesbian Yeah Cosplay of
1: She could go as like Joni Snow as well Yeah With that dark curly hair Yeah
0: totally But like then I wouldn't get to look at her sexy Barely clothed body
1: True I wouldn't get
0: to like put the Blue stripes on her shoulders You know (laughs) (laughs) Yeah Into it Anyway uh, That is what I wanted to do I don't know what I'm going to do this year Oh okay Yeah What about you?
1: I have not thought of anything <laughs> whatsoever.
0: How about this? One more Halloween question yeah. uh, for what is the favorite costume you've ever worn? Mm.
1: Uh, when I was a kid, I got like a store bought uh, Power Rangers.
0: Oh, yeah. And that probably felt really costume. cool.
1: Yeah. Ooh. also one time I was Dracula and I loved having a cape. <laughs> I <laughs> wore that cape throughout my life. <laughs>
0: You are <laughs> such a little gay boy.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. That is Loved so that cute. Cape. I also made my mom once sew me a cape just so I could have a cape.
0: That is so cute. Yeah. Um, I made a joke about being Little Mermaid before, but I once made homemade a, lim- like a really good, what I think was a really good Little Mermaid costume. Cute. Yeah, it was really fun. Do you um, have pictures of that? I do. Okay. I'll post them on Instagram. Yeah. Or just break up Instagram. Um. Maybe <laughs> I'll
1: see if I can find a picture of me. It'd be so fun, yeah, in a Halloween costume. As I also, a kid.
0: Was, I have like some classics. I was, um, uh, Morticia Adams, which oh, is always cute. fun. Yeah, I was Roxy from the Goofy movie, mm-hmm. and uh, my favorite, honestly, was vampire. It's like I'm going to share one little tip for Halloween. You can make really fun, really realistic fake sh- vampire fangs out of. You buy a package of fake nails and you cut two nails to like oh, fit yeah. your little teeth, uh-huh. and you attach them with denture glue.
1: Yeah, makes because sense because
0: denture glue can be like scrubbed off with the toothpaste. Yep, but they get just secure enough where you can like talk and sort of eat food. Um, but the, you, they're they look so cute and realistic. I've done it for like the past three years in a row.
1: That's great. Yeah, uh, one year in college, I went as the Mad Hatter, and I feel like that was my like peak sexiest peak costume Ooh,
0: cute you of which was of that? like not
1: sexy at all but like i was like dressed up real cute and was like wearing eyeliner i think Aww. and had like a little top hat is
0: that the sum is that the halloween that you and i went dancing at that like basement where we went with that girl lauren and that horrible person i was dating at the time
1: i don't think so
0: and we have the picture of us awkward dancing i don't think so what were you dressed up as that year
1: i don't remember but when i was mad hatter i didn't Maybe I did. That was the you year. You were
0: wearing a suit. That's why I remember it. But oh, it then wasn't... I was probably like Doctor Who. Yep, 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 yep. That's it. <laughs> Listen, full I went circle. Doctor Who like full circle. Times. Let's get into our letters. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This first letter is from Hermione Stranger. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, <speaking laughs> Who <of> writing <laughs> To us
0: from Iceland. Oh, wow. Quick trigger warning for mentions of sexual assault. Hi, Sam and Sierra. I'm a pretty new listener to your podcast, and I love it already. My friend Cindy has recommended it to me on several occasions, and it was also her idea to write you a letter letter because your advice is always so great and helpful. Also, she asked to say hi. Oh,
1: hi, Cindy.
0: (laughs) Hi, Cindy. So here we go. I've got this really, really great friend. Let's call her Bridget Jones. We only met about a year ago, but we've been very close ever since. She lost her job, I lost my father, and we were both there for each other during these very difficult times. So she's not a person I'm giving up easily. Bridget has always been one of those girls who always really wants a boyfriend. I'd say she's desperate, but I don't want to sound mean. But you did say
1: it You did say it
0: (laughs) (laughs) So when she called me Two months ago Telling me she met The guy I was genuinely happy For her Until She mentioned his name Let's call him Ramsey Bolton
1: (laughs) Oh Jesus Wow (laughs) (laughs) Wow
0: Game of Thrones people out there know what's up. (coughs) Um, Turns out, I know this guy. It's like a ghost from my past has come back to haunt me. He is the most disgusting, disrespectful person I have ever met. Basically, human shit come alive. I met him on the first day of college, eight years ago. He sexually harassed me on several occasions, like groping me, forcefully kissing me, pressing me up against a wall, and that's not even the worst part. He insulted me and all of my friends, calling me a slut, a whore, telling me I was dumb, and that the way I Dressed, uh made me seem like I was asking for it. I think you get the point. Luckily, he transferred schools at some point and we lost touch. Bridget and Ramsey started dating and she's madly in love. He told her right away that we know each other and that he, quote, may have insulted me, which he regrets. He would love to get coffee sometimes and meet my dog. Yeah, right. I'd file a restraining order if he ever comes close to my dog. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe any word he says because he also mentioned to Bridget that I used to dress like a slut and hooked up with everyone in college. So clearly, his attitude is still the same. He behaves like the perfect gentleman around my Bridget, but I know there's a darker side to him. Of course, I told her all of this, but she truly believes he's changed. She actually asked me during this very first phone call if I would mind her going out with him. Of course, I do. But then I knew how much she wanted a relationship and who am I standing in the way of Bridget's happiness. Also, I never thought they would end up as a couple. I don't know what to do with this. I love my friend and I want her to be happy. That's why I never asked her to stop seeing him. But I'm worried he will destroy our friendship. Should I give him a second chance and treat him like any other person? Just the thought of being in the same room as Ramsay makes me want to puke. I want to rip his head off and hide it from him. No, wait, wait. wait. I misread it. I misread it. (laughs)
1: I want to rip his head off and hide it from him is my new favorite thing to say.
0: (laughs) We're going to keep this in this episode because it fits with our Halloween
1: theme. I'm crying. Oh my God, yes. Okay,
0: well, what it really says is I want to rip off his head and hide from him at the same time. (laughs)
1: Oh, that makes more sense. I want to rip off his
0: head. And hide it from him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go continue on her writes the thing is i'm bipolar which means i have to take good care of my mental health ramsey is probably one of the reasons why i'm in therapy in the first place i've always been very open and active in terms of my sexuality which is something i usually like about myself and others however due to my mental health issues i don't always feel this way sometimes i hate myself for being like this my inner critic keeps telling me that i am a slut not worthy of love and Ramsey has shaped this inner voice. I'm afraid of meeting uh, meeting up with him might set me back in my insecure 90 year old self and destroy all of the progress that I've made. Treating him like nothing happened or accepting a clearly fake apology would be like betraying myself and feminism. But what am I going to do? It's not like I can never meet Bridget's boyfriend, right? I'm expecting and hoping they'll break up sooner rather than later because he's such a monster— doesn't this make me a horrible friend? I quit telling her about my love life because I know she will tell him. And what if they don't break up? I don't want to end up going to their wedding. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for writing Hermione, stranger. Uh, I adore this letter, even though I don't necessarily adore this situation. Yeah,
1: for sure. Uh, Hermione, I have some sad news for you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which is that we can't control who our friends date.
0: (laughs) No, we can't. Um, And I I also want to, like, do a little affirmation sandwich thing is uh, everything you experienced was horrible and you did not deserve that.
1: No, for sure. And everything that you experienced was real and it actually happened.
0: Right. Um, Your experience of this person does not translate to the universal experience of this person mm-hmm. but that doesn't make your experience any less valid no um so yeah this is hard it is hard it's totally hard but we we just we can't control that it doesn't make you a horrible it, also it doesn't make you a horrible friend that you're hoping that they break up no definitely that's like not. the logical step in <laughs> thinking right
1: no and i think like there are I think that it's actually normal when your friend is dating an asshole for you to wish for them to break up.
0: Oh, I used to pray for it.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <In> <laughs> I know what you're talking about. <laughs> in years past. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, I used to be like, what the fuck yeah. is going on? I, like, took it as a personal affront to myself mm-hmm. that a dear friend of mine was dating dating somebody that I just couldn't stand. Yep. Um, and every immature, uh, unhealed part of me came out. Not that— I'm not saying that towards you, Hermione. I'm mm-hmm. saying for me, I like I took such a personal affront to it because I think I, I hadn't really truly, um, grappled with the fact that I like can't control everything in my life at that time.
1: Right, for sure. However,
0: I think that Hermione's response is a, is a response of genuine concern out of her friend and trauma right yeah for sure which is different than my petty situation
1: yeah but i also think it feels like a betrayal when your friend doesn't believe you that this person is not a good person yeah
0: or it may and or it's it's an even bigger betrayal when they do believe you but they choose to move forward despite that Yes, and that's and that's what we really want to zero in right here is that that's you're allowed to be hurt by that yep however that is a choice that your friend is allowed to make
1: absolutely that, Which,
0: that she can take all in, in all that information, she can believe you and believe that her partner did that, that at that time, mm-hmm. and she can also choose that he's changed and grown and, and can be good to her.
1: For sure. Yep.
0: And that's the other horrible thing about this situation, <laughs> now that I think about it, uh-huh. is that people who were horrible to us can be great to other people.
1: I know. Yep. Ugh. Yep.
0: God, that makes me want to vom.
1: It's true, though.
0: That's like a horror. Sometimes people
1: just in this world are like, I want to spill all of my vitriol on you and no one else.
0: Yeah, and
1: you're like, what did I do to deserve this?
0: But let's like take off our holistic, like, Mm -hmm. you know, nice person hats for a second, sure, and say like, what would I do in this situation? Because if somebody was who, if somebody had hurt me in that way, or really like crossed some serious. Um, boundaries and uh, who had assaulted me or who had who had triggered a lot of my own self-loathing and that that person represented a lot of pain that I had put a lot of effort to moving past Mm -hmm. I think we're 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 it goes beyond just we can't control our friends actions and moves into is it safe for me to be in this space Mm -hmm. to be triggered by this Whatever. Yep. And so what would I do? Uh, Honestly, Hermione, like, I wish I could say that I would be a perfect, like, whole, uh, understanding, empathetic person. But I would be hurt. Mm -hmm. And I would be anxious. Yep. And I would be afraid to see this person. And I would be really cautious about losing my power to him. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean, like. I would be probably pretty standoffish. Yep. And that's not, like, the most proud thing I've ever said, but I'm trying to, like, picture if somebody, like, if, you know, one of my friends started dating my abuser or whatever, I would be, like, pretty traumatized by that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So what advice would you give me, Sam, if I was like, oh, my God, so-and-so is dating that most recent person who we both know was awful?
1: Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Um,
0: Not the one that owed me money. The oh, okay. worst one. Oh. I know. Yeah. I know. Okay. That would be really hard for me.
1: It would be very hard for me, to. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. See? So I'm trying to, see, I'm trying to like take our little holistic like helper hats off and be like, what the fuck would we do in this situation? Yeah. And I know you've dealt with this
1: mm-hmm. a little bit. I have, but like the Not person that this... came back into my life. Who I also had issues with in college was not nearly as awful as uh, the person as Ramsey was to you, Hermione. So right. like um, I was going to talk about my own experience, but it is very different because that person just like was a dick. Yeah. Like strung me along and did some things. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and I did have a conversation with my friend and was like, I don't think like this person was really awful to me. I don't think that you should date them. Yeah. And my friend chose to continue dating them. Yeah. Uh, and, and how I, do you
0: reconcile that? In yeah, your well, heart?
1: That, it hurt like a lot. Yeah. Uh, and it was almost, I don't want to say the end of our relationship, but it was like a moment of, I don't know, I've had faith in this relationship for a very long time that it would always go on. Like, I don't know if this is
0: yeah,
1: gonna, like, if this will continue. Yeah. In the end, like, I was like, I want, I value my friend and my friendship with him more than I value avoiding this person. Yes. And so, you know, and it's been years.
0: That's powerful. And I think, and I do honestly think it's applicable <clears throat> in this situation. For sure. To Hermione, even though the circumstances are different, it's that I would, I would add to the equation, like, where do your values fall? Like, how does it stack up this friend of yours, Bridget? Yep. Um, being in the same room as Ramsey mm-hmm. and yourself, Hermione, Mm -hmm. I would add in your own healing and like, how can, how is your healing going to be affected in this? Like you were more offended by the hurt that this person had caused you on like a little bit more of a surface level. Yeah. Not, not so much as traumatic.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, you know.
0: So you didn't have to consider your healing in that. You did have to consider your friendship and the longevity and the sustainability.
1: Yep. And I will say that like the person that that person was in college is different than the person who is dating my friend.
0: Yeah. Right?
1: Like, the things that he exhibited in college were not as prevalent once he, like, I mean, that was, yeah. like, 10 years ago, right? Like Yeah. Uh, but it was... But if this person, if Ramsey is continuing to exhibit some of the same behaviors, like yeah. calling you a slut and telling you that... you and telling Bridget that you slept with everyone... Uh,
0: First of all, fuck that. Yeah.
1: But also if that's triggering for you then you need to like make it the decision about whether or not you can be in the same room with him and whether or not that's going to impact your feeling
0: yeah i i have two thoughts and a confession yeah <laughs> the two thoughts are one um you don't have to you can have a really flourishing friendship with this person and not be in the same room with Ramsey Mm -hmm. meaning you can say to Bridget you can say I really love you I really respect you and I give you my blessing moving forward but I need you to understand that I I'm not ready to like interact with this person Mm -hmm. and I might never be but I hope that you see me supporting you in this relationship in all other ways as proof that I love you and I'm I'm here for the long haul in our friendship right Mm -hmm. that's option number two or I mean option number one yeah Or statement number one. Yeah. I'm I'm mixing up my lists. (laughs) It's fine. It's great. That's the first thing I want to say. The second thing I want to say is if you do choose to participate with this person or interact with them, as Sam said, his example is not the same person that they were 10 years ago. Yeah. Right? Uh, And I want to say a quote uh, that I like to think of when I think about personal growth. And the quote is, uh, there are... um, there is no love, only proofs of love. Mm-hmm. By Pierre. Great. Yep. Love him. Yeah, <laughs> I love that quote because I apply that quote to um, my relationships, to my activism. That there is that there's no love, only proof of love. What does the proof of your love look like? Mm-hmm. And applying this quote somewhat bizarrely to this situation is sure there is no change, only proof of change. Mm -hmm. So what is the proof of change? And, and if there is real proof of change, meaning he is treating your girlfriend, well, he is not being an abuser anymore. Then Mm -hmm. that is proof of change, whether you want to accept it or not. Yeah. Right. Like that, like not just counting an apology to you as change, but that proofs of change can look different. Across the board. So those are my two comments that I want to add to this conversation. And the last pitiful confession I want to say is Hermione. I, I brought up to Sam, like what would, how would, what advice would he give me if one of my past abusers like was dating a friend of mine and they wanted to socialize with me at this point in my life, Hermione, I would say, um, no, thank you. Mm -hmm. I would be, I have become very protective of my wellness, very protective of my time, because I think I spent the past 10 years get, putting myself in spaces that made me uncomfortable because I thought it was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. I thought that I thought the right thing to do was to sacrifice myself for others yeah. and the, for others' benefits. For sure. And I just don't think I would cross that line. And this is surprising to me because I thought we were going to answer this letter and say, like, guess what? You can't control your friends and you can't you know, pick who they love or whatever, you know, maybe you should deal with it. <laughs> Not that we would say that in so many words, but, and all of that is true. But if I, now that I'm sitting with it in the studio, I, I, I don't think if this was really a matter about trauma, like if I felt like my trauma or my healing was going to be re invigorated <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> to say it nicely, then I don't think I would protect myself in that space.
1: Yep. And I think that's what, what I meant when I said yeah. your friend is going to date this person. You can't control who your friend date, right? You can only control your response to that, yeah. the fact that she is dating him. And it's about you and what you are capable of doing. Are you capable of of being in the same room with him and turning on the cheerful and stupid? Like, mm-hmm. I will do what I need to do in order to
0: support my friend, to
1: support my and friend to and to my like healing. get through this this hangout session that we're all having. Like, Mm -hmm. if you can do that, great, feel Mm -hmm. free to do it. If you can't, then you can make the decision to not be around him. You can try and continue to be friends with Bridget, but also at the same time, right? Like friendships change, friendships fall apart sometimes because of the decisions that people make. um, And that is a reality of life. And and it's it a is sad one
0: and a hard sad. one, but it's true. Yeah. And we're not saying you have to get rid of this friend or distance yourself. But nope. like, I think we're just sort of normalizing that it would be OK if you prioritized your wellness and your healing exactly. over this friend.
1: Yep. And that's what I'm trying to say is that like you need to you need to focus on you and what you need in this and not what you think that you owe your friend in this moment.
0: And that all being said, do Sam and I think you can go and have like a peaceful coffee with this person who was once a monster to you? Yes, yeah, because you are strong and capable of anything, yep. Right, and that being in the same presence of somebody who once had the capacity to hurt you doesn't mean you are going to allow them to hurt you again. Absolutely. However, it comes down to what you feel like is right for you.
1: Absolutely. And if he think he he calls you a slut and says that you slept with everyone, you throw your that dorm. fucking
0: coffee in his face.
1: <laughs> but also, like that's not an insult.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like I know that it's, I, and I want to respect that it's a super triggering thing for you. It is triggering. Yeah. yeah, Absolutely. And I totally get that, but also like know in your heart of hearts that like, it doesn't matter if he calls you that because like it, that's not a. The number insult of people, to people you have sex
0: with or don't have sex with has no impact on your worthiness as a human being.
1: Absolutely not, and like it doesn't, it doesn't fucking matter. So like he can say whatever he wants to say about you, but like you are a good person. You are not tarnished by the amount of sex that you had. Yeah. In fact, I love the fact that you embrace your sexuality and are proud of it and want to to Im, like explore it and yep. do all of these things. That's fantastic. So like, don't let this stupid boy. <laughs> try and tear you down for one of the things that makes you fantastic
0: yes absolutely i hope this helps hermione um good luck we love you
1: thank you so much for writing Rocket Money has over five million subscribers and has saved a total of five hundred million dollars in cancel subscriptions, saving members up to seven hundred and forty dollars a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash just break up.
0: That's rocketmoney.com slash just break up. Rocketmoney.com slash just break up. in the house
1: get warm weather ready with quince go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns that's q u i n c e.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash just break up our next letter comes from virginia because i am a virgin <laughs>
0: cute title
1: who is actually writing from illinois uh virginia writes beyond all the resources i can access at this time i think that this is the best place for me to receive advice that i would actually listen to here's (laughs) here's why sam reminds me of my therapist from undergrad who had a dad like tone both painfully honest yet full of love
0: yes and you don't (laughs) like halloween it's perfect
1: (laughs) And, well, Sierra reminds me a lot of myself as I deeply crave human connection and everything I do. When I listen to the dialogue between you two, it's like going back to therapy without, but without the intense eye contact and bill I couldn't afford. Instead, I listen from the shower and sometimes cry alone. I am a social worker, so I am not lacking human connection necessarily, but I am beginning to feel lonely and lost without romantic companionship. Basically, what I am trying to say is I am ready to fall for love. Hell, I impulse bought a 10-year-old rescue dog last month. I have no regrets with that, though. (laughs) Now that you have a brief picture of this phase of life that I'm in and the emotional volcano that is me, let me tell you a secret and get to the topic I'd like advice on. I am a single 23-year-old virgin, and I think I am ready for sex. This is something I have only been thinking about for a year, as I used to strongly believe I would wait to have sex within the confines of marriage. I was in love, dated someone for a year, and we were never intimate, not like not even third base. Context here is important. I have recently chosen to separate myself from my childhood church, where I began to feel oppressed as a woman. The only way sex was mentioned throughout my developmental years in church was around the topic of sin and shame. Mm
0: -hmm. But
1: I am suddenly feeling refreshed by this newfound freedom and ready to hand out my V-card. I feel crazy. I am not scared of the act of sex, but the intimate and fragile connection that follows. I am sort of afraid it will break my heart. Our heteronormative Aww. our heteronormative culture paints a warped picture that all people in their 20s have meaningless sex all the time, morning, noon, and night. With that being said, I'm scared as fuck to fuck without reciprocation of emotional connection. So Sierra and Sam, how do you manage intimacy with a partner that might not reciprocate the same emotional in- intensity or commitment? I must note that I don't even have a partner right now, but I think in my next romantic experience, I will choose to be more intimate. Is this just because it's my virginity? Is virginity a social construct? Like, do I need to stop pretending like it's a gift I have saved for some glowing man with a magic unicorn dick? (laughs) (laughs) I need some sex and advice. Basically, some advice about sex.
0: Oh my God, Virginia, you are too cute. That is so fucking funny. <laughs> it
1: is. It's awesome. Uh, yeah. Virginity is a construct.
0: It totally is. Let's break, <laughs> break it down, Sam.
1: Uh, virginity is a construct that dates back to when women were cattle that were bartered between people. Moo moo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but virginity is a construct. There, there is nothing precious about your virginity. There is nothing that makes you pure or impure because you have sex or because you have not had sex. Uh it is a trope that we have used to subjugate women and to <laughs> determine their value in society yeah. by whether or not they have had sex. And to
0: police their bodies and sexuality. Yep. What Sam said right there, um I wanna jump on, which is there's nothing precious about your virginity. What is precious is experiences that you experience for the first time Mm -hmm. in whatever way you consent to do. Absolutely. And precious even is a weird word there, right? But I don't want to take away the—what could be exciting and special for Mm -hmm. some people to share with a partner. Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah. Your your virginity can be precious to you, but there's nothing inherently— Let's not even
0: use that word. Let's say having sex for the first time can be really special and exciting. Sure. Um— but the idea that your body somehow is going to be like v- less pure or less precious or mm-hmm. less wonderful now that you have had sex is like, uh, what? You know, <laughs> like we don't talk about like uh, chicken pox in the same way. Like, oh, no. I have technically I'm a chicken pox virgin. Did you know that? No. I'm very highly susceptible to measles.
1: Oh, good to know.
0: Like your body doesn't actually... It, People think that it changes a ton. First of all, the hymen breaking, that's a myth too. Yeah. Um, or that the hymen could be like intact forever, you know.
1: Yeah, right. It, Go horseback riding. just Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, another thing is I think that something that I want to point out on the podcast is before doing this letter, I did like a 30 second research because <laughs> I'm a professional. Uh-huh. And I literally Googled like how to lose virginity in your twenties, mm-hmm. and there's nothing. This is a fucking worldwide web, okay? This is the, world Wide, web, okay? uh. this is the world Wide web, and there's no articles that are. I mean, maybe there's a couple, mm-hmm. and I just didn't find them in the thirty second Google search. Sure. I'm very committed academic participant in the world,
1: yeah. Love it,
0: but I I want to put that out there too that like we're not this is a conversation that we're not having. First of all, we don't like talking about sex. Mm-hmm. We don't like talking about virginity. We don't want our children having sex young, and which is I think is fair, um, because of I don't know hormones and emotions and yeah for sure unwanted pregnancies. Yep. Um, but we are not talking about the stigmas that come with both losing your virginity or. Waiting to have sex for a long time. Yep. And there's no how to. <laughs> there really isn't, you know? How uh-huh. to navigate having sex as a virgin in your twenties. Yeah. Late 20s, 30s, right?
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, and that's hard. I did find one thing um on menshealth.com. Ooh. What it's like to lose your virginity in your mid twenties or above. And I'm gonna just read uh it's like interviewing different men, uh-huh. right? Um, I'm going to read like the quotes at the top of each little interview. Yeah, and they said, "One, I never needed to worry about it as much as I did." Mm. That's the worry is the biggest monster costume for a little mouse. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like we always worry so much bigger than we, than we actually have to, for right? Sure. Yep. And um, I think that your experience, Virginia, is way more common than people portray. Right? Like nobody. Sex sells, so we sell that story the most.
1: Absolutely. Period. Yep.
0: yep. A, the men's health article keeps on going and says, I felt as though I was somehow weird or different, mm. which is totally fair. Yep. You're not weird or different. This is just your lived experience, and it is different from others, and right. their experience is different from others, and vice versa.
1: Right. It's not weird. it's unique, it's different, it is your own experience.
0: Right. Just like my experience is unique. Right. Just like the first time I got to what is it, second base?
1: I do not know the bases.
0: I don't know. (laughs) I got to a base while watching a Harry Potter movie, so when I was like 15.
1: Oh my god. I
0: know. It was underwhelming. I got to a base. A base. Yeah, I don't even know.
1: Uh, In the Basement of my church during, like, a youth group thing. God bless. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, uh, Oh, this is an interesting quote, um, which I think is different than your experience, Virginia, but I think it's worth bringing up. This person said, it just didn't happen. I was really busy. (laughs) You know, like, I think about school and church and, you know, um, sometimes it just, it doesn't work out right. For sure if you're not putting yourself in situations in which casual sex happens, then it's not going to happen. Yeah. All very anticlimactic is the last quote (laughs) I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) share.
1: And I think actually that's like a good segue to like what I'm going to talk to you about, Virginia, which is that like uh, you're right that this is a social construct And you're right that you might be building it up in your head more than it actually is. But Mm -hmm. what I want to tell you is that you can't control the outcome of your sexual encounter. You can only try it. Yep. Right? Like you can't, I can't say do X, Y, and Z and it will guarantee that that person will emotionally reciprocate in the way that you want them to, right? I wish I could because like, damn, that would have made my 20s so much easier. So fun. (laughs) (laughs) But- What I can say to you is that, like, I can't predict what your first sexual experience is going to be like. And I can't predict what that what how the the man that you choose to do it with is going to emotionally connect with you. Mm -hmm. But all I can say is, is that you're never going to find out until you do it. Right. And how do you manage when you have sex with someone and you and they don't emotionally reciprocate? I couldn't have figured that out until it happened to me.
0: Yeah. And I, and I, I want to like jump on that last men's, uh, digest quote or whatever. Men's journal. Yeah. Men's digest. <laughs> um, and say, uh, I love sex. I'm a sexual person. I, I, I enjoy physicality with my partners, mm-hmm. but, uh, I'm going to say it's, it's not that it's anti it was anticlimactic for me. It's just that like I thought my whole world would change and it just didn't. Yeah,
1: right. No. It
0: just didn't. It was just like another experience like, "Oh, cool, yep. I tried Thai food for the first time." For sure. And I also tried dick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so maybe this will help um like dis di- disinflate There we go. Disinflate, right? To deflate oh god oh fuck yet another one who knew sierra is a published author who literally knows no words
1: it's fine you were like disinflate and i was like that sounds almost right
0: god that i can't i'm a little embarrassed
1: of that one but don't worry about it
0: sometimes i'm just so focused on like the message that i'm trying to say that that the words fail me
1: for sure i get it so
0: in in attempts to deflate the huge idea of sex that you know society and church and your family or or whoever has put in in attempts to do that, then maybe just recognize that it's just another experience that your body's going to yeah go through.
1: Yep, and I don't think
0: it's not chicken pox and it's not eating Thai food, right? But it is sort of just it's it's not like you walk through a threshold and see the world differently right it's just that you are open to this new chapter of experiences absolutely
1: yeah and i think you know i don't think that i'm saying and i don't think sierra's saying either that like we're like just go out and have sex like although
0: we did give someone that advice we a co- did. like a year ago
1: we did but i i feel like they
0: asked if, us to <laughs> yes
1: virginia's <laughs> situation is different yeah. which is that like you don't necessarily want to have sex without a certain level of trust and intimacy there, which I think is great. So, like, go on dates with people. Like, you know, don't have sex on the first date, but, like, see what happens on date three. See what happens after, like, a, a month of dating, mm-hmm. right? Um,
0: it's okay to wait, too. Like, if It you, is. You, like, if you meet somebody that you like and you say, hey, just so you know, um, I, am, I have never had sex before. I'm, this is something I'm totally interested in, but... I want to, like, wait a couple months before we dive into that part of our relationship.
1: Absolutely. Yep. And that's totally great. And I, even doing that, I still can't guarantee that the man is going to react to you in exactly the way that you want, to, want him to afterwards. But I think it will at least put your mind at ease and get you into a place where you will feel comfortable trying this new thing. Yes. And, and like, we talk about how, like, you can't learn how to love without, like— Loving. Say it, bro. You can't learn how to have Thuck. sex without Thucking. having sex. <laughs> right? Just it's like, about it's being so vulgar. Like, you learn how to adapt to the different ways in which sex plays out in your life by having sex and having it play out differently in yeah. your life.
0: And I, we, it's obvious that you have a lot of anxiety about this new experience or your lack of experience. But let's shift again from... From not from a mentality of brokenness, Mm -hmm. but to a mentality of abundance and excitement. Like I'm not anxious that I haven't experienced this. It's like, oh my god, I'm so excited! I'm so glad that I'm giving myself this gift to experience this physical experience.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yep.
0: Virginia, we hope this helps, and we sort of want to know how it goes.
1: Yeah, right. (laughs) Let us know in like not a creepy way. (laughs) Just
0: want to like, you know, maybe just send us like a picture of a piece of. Paper that has a V on it that's ripped up.
1: Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Love it. Thank you. We We love love you.
0: All right. Our last letter of this episode is from Love Doctor Needed. Oh. Who is writing to us from the void.
1: We are not love doctors.
0: LDN. No, I'm trying to think of it like a short thing to call them. LDR. No, no, that's long distance relationship. I'm saying long distance. I mean, damn it. Love Doctor
1: Needed. London.
0: London. Oh, we're (laughs) (laughs) going to call you London just for shorts. Hey there. I'm a 26-year-old college student who has been in a monogamous relationship for about a year now, although we, quote, dated for a year before we made it official. When my boyfriend and I were, quote, dating, it was a year full of, quote, I don't want a relationship, but we can Netflix and chill and go on dates and you can be my mom, but I don't want you talking to other guys, although I will be talking to other girls because we're not together.
1: Oh, wow, I know that. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> Basically, I was confused about us for a whole year. He also told me that he was still in love with his high school sweetheart, who he was with for five years and broke up with him who and who broke up with him four years before I met him. He said that no matter how hard he tried, he just couldn't get over her. They haven't had contact since they broke up and his ex even moved on with the guy she's been seeing ever since they broke up. I ignored this red flag and continued to be off and on with him. Eventually, a year later, or a year after this, we became official and moved in together, and everything has been great. We are literally best friends. Except his ex-girlfriend haunts me. I feel like he's only with me because he can't be with her. I met his friends, close family, and his coworkers all know me. On his Instagram, I have pictures of us on vacation, but if you look at his page... I literally don't exist. He has pictures of his family, friends, and work on his page, but none of me. All of his friends on Instagram are also his ex's sorority sisters, her friends or their friends that they would hang out with together. When I ask why he won't post me, he stays quiet as if he doesn't know what to tell me. I feel like he won't post me because he doesn't want to show that he's moved on or he doesn't want people seeing that I can't compare to his ex. We use social media differently. I post a lot and he doesn't post often, but while he was with his ex, he would post pictures of them together and tag her and stuff. He was very loud about how he felt about her. With me, it's like he's hiding me from the world and only his small village knows about me or, as he says, quote, the important people. I guess you can say I'm jealous because their love seemed effortless and I had to pretty much work and wait for his love. He's been great to me since we've moved in together, but I can't help but feel insecure that I'm his second choice or like I'm, quote, good enough since he can't have her. He'll just settle with me. I've also been having some self-esteem issues since we moved in together because I've gained weight, so I feel like he might be embarrassed of me. He doesn't tell me I'm pretty. He doesn't like my pictures on Instagram, but he likes pictures of other girls he knows. He also has... He also, he hasn't untagged himself from old pictures she never deleted of them on Instagram, but once got mad at me and untagged himself from all of my photos and left hers posted. It just all feels a little bit weird that there are still pictures of them together and our pictures are right next to them. Instagram is a bigger deal to me than it is to him. He says it's, quote, not that serious, but I mean, it's 2019. Social media is a lot in today's world. He never brings up his ex, but yesterday he said that she had nice
1: boobs.
0: (laughs) He talks about the time. I'm sorry not to laugh at that, but it is just
1: like I... Like without context. I just (laughs) love that idea that he was just like, "Yeah, she's got nice boobs.
0: Yeah, He talks about the time period that they were together as if it was the best time of his life. I feel like when it comes to paying bills and making sure I have everything I need, he's amazing to me and he always knows how to make me laugh. But even telling me he loves me only comes when I say it first. I feel like he's moving on because I'm the quote, best candidate and he's used to me. I told him one time that if he still loves her, then why doesn't he try to get her back? And he said, quote I couldn't even if I tried oh my god I know I love him so much and he makes me happy but this is the first time that I feel like my self-esteem is messed up because the person I love loves some, someone else am I wasting my time am I being overly dramatic about the Instagram stuff why can't he just let it be known that uh, he's starting a life with me how can I begin to love myself again and not make it based on how he feels about me All right. Love, Dr. Needed. Oh, we're going to call you London. 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 Um. Wow. Yeah. That's
1: a lot. I mean, that was just like, there's a lot of stuff going on there.
0: Right. Let's break it down. Yeah. The history.
1: Yeah. The history of they were in a situation ship for a year because he was in love with his ex.
0: The Instagram.
1: Instagram which is that he doesn't post any pictures of her and, like, a whole bunch of other shit.
0: But, and I want to cover the Instagram one specifically because I'm confident that many people feel similarly or are grappling with similar insecurities mm-hmm. and thinking, like, I'm feeling crazy about this. Should I feel justified or whatever? Yep. So I want to tackle that one specifically. And then we'll just talk about general ideas if we think that she's wasting her time. Sure. Okay, so the situationship year and mm-hmm. the ex. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, wow, I was in a very similar situation.
0: <laughs> really? Was it him?
1: Yeah, it was him. Uh, who was in, him was, you know, for those who don't know, who are tuning yeah. in for the first time, him is the man who I dated who shall not be named.
0: Yeah, we we started calling him him instead of like Voldemort.
1: Yeah. Uh, but he also like was still in love with his ex and like constantly talked to me about it while we were also like not dating, but like dating yeah yeah like talking to each other literally every single day and yeah. like flirting and having sex and that kind of stuff yeah uh so i know how it feels to be like Ugh. wow that's a shitty place to be
0: yeah uh to the x point i want to say um oh, fuck man i want to say we accept the love we think we deserve mm-hmm. and Being in a situation with, with, ship with someone for a year who was constantly talking about how much he was in love with someone else sounds like a very uh, unreasonable love to accept. Yeah. Because I know for a fact that you, London, and Sam deserve much better love than that.
1: For sure. So, go I mean, I also get it. Like, even when we were dating, he did a fringe show about this other dude. Yeah, you told me that, yeah. (laughs) Like, we had been dating for, like, a year and a half at that point, and he still did a fringe show about this dude who he was, quote-unquote, not in love with anymore.
0: So fucked up.
1: So, like, um, I get it, and I get I get what it feels like to be in that situation and be like, am I being overdramatic that this person is clearly expressing feelings for this person that they can't have? And, like, I totally understand what it feels like to be seemingly the one that got settled for. Yeah. And I want to tell you, London, that it's not it's not a good place to be. And I think that what you are thinking and feeling is probably very true. I think it might be getting caught up in like Instagram drama. But I think the underlying theme here, which is that he doesn't seem to value you as a partner in the same way that he valued the person that he has admitted to you multiple times that he continues to have feelings for like that is that is really problematic for me
0: yeah and what I want to point out is Sam's tough love statement right there is all about him it's not about what you are missing it's not about you not matching up to this girl because comparison is an act of violence against yourself for sure and it's not about what you are missing it is about what this man is able to provide for you it's about shifting the um conversation in your head to to be one not about oh I wish I could be enough for him or I you know why don't my boobs like like her boobs or whatever <laughs> but it's it's instead it's saying this person who I love who I've been there for for the past two years mm-hmm. um is is not showing up for me is is not prioritizing me in the way that I know he can and he he just straight up sounds interested in someone else so like what am I doing here
1: absolutely And I want you to, um, to trust your instinct on that. And even if it, even if it's not true and he's totally over this, this person, like the question is, are you happy with this feeling that you have? Like, are you happy with what he is giving you that you are interpreting as, as something that is not helpful for you, that is not working for you? Right. And you have talked to him about it and like. And his behaviors haven't changed, right? So like, which, you know, I'm not saying that you need to like ultimatum him or be like, you need to change or like try and force him to change. What I'm saying is that his behaviors haven't. And so are you happy in this relationship? What are you waiting to change? What are you looking for as a solution to this problem? Because I don't know that it's going to happen.
0: I, yeah, I totally agree. Um, and I, I'm going to say something totally out of left field. Great. I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's something totally opposite of everything we've just been saying. <laughs> but, um, I want to, before I say that, I want to say that I, I am leaning towards Sam and, and kind of, that's my instinct. <laughs> I'm just
1: triggered. <laughs>
0: my instincts tell me that that is, that is what's going on. Uh-huh. But the, if I'm being objective about this letter, I also want to say to you, um, your love your future does not live in this past relationship mm-hmm. and I know that so many bleeding hearts out there have the capacity to literally obsess over what they could not be or times that partners weren't with them yep. or you know like I am I'm totally guilty of being obsessed with my partner's exes mm-hmm. I am the type of person who Instagram stalks my partner's exes when I start dating them mm-hmm. and I I have spent so much time worrying about people from the past that I wasn't focusing on what was actually going on in the present. And so that the one tough love I think that I have for you is to make sure that while I think Sam's right, I think this is happening. Make sure you are not giving this ex-girlfriend who is literally no longer in his life, Mm -hmm. who might just still be in his heart. um, Don't give her, too much space in your relationship she's gone she doesn't live there yeah right she's just a memory Mm -hmm. and 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 don't focus on her focus on if he is treating you well absolutely period yep um i do want to talk about instagram though because it might seem superficial and um i think london you are you have the you're Doing the right thing by being like, am I being dramatic? Am I blowing this out of proportion? Because I think Instagram can come off as simultaneously the most important thing in the world and very superficial. So it's kind of hard to navigate uh, what is going on. But if I'm being completely honest, if I was in London's position, I would feel really insecure. Mm -hmm. I'd feel it sounds so stupid. But uh, if I if if it looked like my partner was hiding me, I would feel really insecure about it. Absolutely. Is it, how do you, how do you navigate that? Do you ask your partner to post a picture of you? That seems so superficial to me.
1: Yeah. I don't think that it is that superficial because our social media is the way in which we communicate our lives to the people around us. And so the idea that you've been together for two years and there's not a single picture of you anywhere and on you're his living social media together. Right? And that's it. Like and I will be like totally upfront with you. I just looked through my Instagram and was like I didn't post a picture of Peter until we had been dating for 18 months.
0: Oh my god, no kidding.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I also like never post.
0: Yeah. And and to be I'm a uh, transparency moment right now. I my my most my current partner yeah is the only partner that I posted on my social media. <laughs>
1: It's like maybe we're not people to talk. Yeah. But the fact that he has done it before, like it's not it's not like he doesn't post pictures of his significant others. It's just that yeah. like he's not posting pictures of you.
0: I have um I want to go to the to the apartment thing too because mm-hmm. or like sharing a lived space. Um because I also think I'm triggered a friend of mine lived with her boyfriend for a while. And they also work together. And I'm sorry, my friend who is listening to this, I love you very much. I'm sorry that I'm telling your story, but I'm not going to tell them who you are. And you know that this story infuriates me. Uh-huh. Um, I love you. <laughs> but the story is that they live together and they work together. And basically her boyfriend didn't want her to tell people that they were dating. Mm. And maybe not even living together. I can't remember where the line was mm-hmm. and because it was like he he said it keeps it simple or whatever like keeps the drama away and that straight up is bullshit Yep. like sorry to my friend who i love very much you obviously deserve better and i told you that a hundred times <laughs> um but what i'm afraid of in this scenario and i hate to even like put voice put words to it is that um is that there is like a level of um Code switching that's happening here, in which he is not treating um, you, London, and your relationship with the respect and visibility that it deserves. Yeah, it's not about. Well, first of all, stop checking what pictures he's liking.
1: Yep, don't do that. Oh my god,
0: here's tough love.
1: There,
0: there has to be when we're talking about something so potentially superficial as social media. There has to be. A foundation of logic and calm and anti-irrational thinking, because yep. Instagram and social media can be the algorithms, the way they suck you in. Um, they really feed our obsessions.
1: Yep, for sure.
0: And what you need to do is break the habit of obsessively looking at who he is liking. Yep. Because I know I know you're looking for it, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you're, and that means you are filling your days with that anxiety, right? Instead, how can you strengthen your relationship in real tangible actions? Mm -hmm. How can he show up for you in a way that would make you feel loved? Post a picture of me, sweetie, that would make me feel really loved. Period.
1: And honestly, have that conversation of being like, the fact that you haven't posted a picture of us. Makes
0: me feel like you're hiding me.
1: Makes me feel like you're hiding me. Period. Period.
0: And he can say, oh, well, it's not that important to me. You say, well, it's important to me. It's right. And am I important to you? That's what this comes down to. Oh, my God. Yes. Dilute this whole thing down and you can say, am I important to you? Yep. Am I more important to you than the idea of your ex? Mm. Am I more important to you than your quote unquote curated Instagram story? For sure. Because I am. If I am, then you can post a picture of us because I should be your partner should be proud of you. Yeah. That's what that is the type of love you deserve and that is the type of love you should accept.
1: Absolutely. And so I think that that is like what exactly what Sierra said this all boils down to having a conversation about how you are feeling because of this and not necessarily being like you don't post pictures of me like she you like but instead being like when you don't post any pictures of me on Instagram it makes me feel unseen. It right. makes me feel unloved, right? Talking about the ways that that you feel in order to really convey to him like what you're going through right now. Because like, even if you are hundred percent irrational and he loves you fully and doesn't even think about this other girl anymore, like you need to be able to convey how you're feeling so that he can know that he has to change the way that he's communicating with you in order to get you to know that he loves you that much. Like that, that you are seeing that you are valid valuable to him. Yeah.
0: I, I want to touch on just a couple more Instagram things before we close this letter out because sure. I think that's what drew me to this letter is that I so often see people obsessing over social media. Mm-hmm. And the fucking problem is half the time it's totally valid and half the time it's 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 irrational and anxiety fed, Yeah, right. And so I think it that proportion makes it really hard for us to move through the world in re- relationships, in our anxiety storms on social media and to decide to make good decisions for ourselves. Yeah. So I want us to like maybe set up some maybe guidelines or tips about things that we think are good things or bad things or red flags or not. Like I would say not posting about you at all, not sharing pictures of you at all on your social, on their social media is a red flag to me.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Even if they're a very private curated person.
1: I mean, it depends on the, Instagram account, right? But
0: like, but, but <laughs> I know this is why it's complicated and nuanced. Right? And but I
1: like, yeah, that's why I, don't I want feel to feel like, a, a hard little immature talking about
0: it. But it, it right. is so prevalent. Like London is right. It's 2019. It's everywhere. You yeah. know. Yep. Um, you're right. It does depend on the account. But I'm thinking like, and that's, and maybe it depends on the account. Like, do, do you know his friends? Does he talk? It does he treat you well? You know, or does yep. she treat you well? You know.
1: And I think that that's, that is the... That's what I'm trying to get at is that it's not about like, he, like, this is the rule and this is the rule about, yeah, about this. But like, the real issue here is, London, about how you are feeling about the situation. Yes, yes. And maybe about I don't want to talk behavior, about Instagram anymore, <laughs> right? No, and like, Instagram is such a just such a mind fuck because it can absorb so much energy yeah. and like. It's like a black hole of anxiety, right? Like, it can just, you can just put so much energy into it and not get anything out of it. Yeah. What I want you to focus on is not necessarily his Instagram, but how you are feeling valued in this relationship. I think that the Instagram is probably a symptom or a product of your feeling yes. undervalued. Yes. And so, what you need to do is you need to have a conversation with him and say, when you don't post pictures of me, I feel unseen. When you talk about your girlfriend and the fact that she has nice boobs, I feel like. I feel like a second choice, yes,
0: yes when yes. you
1: you know, when you uh, don't talk about me to your friends, it makes me feel like you're hiding me. yep, right. And just like these are the feelings that the actions that he are is taking are having or that are making you feel, right? and And from there, then you can have a conversation with him about whether or not those behaviors need to change, and you can have a better conversation with yourself about how those feelings are impacting your life and whether or not this relationship is worth feeling those feelings anymore.
0: Yup. That's my best friend, (laughs) eh? Yeah. I regret ever talking about Instagram.
1: (laughs) I just hate Instagram so much.
0: Well, it just makes everything so complicated. If you're having Instagram drama, if you're like, oh my God, my significant other keeps liking people or they're not tagging me, delete your account. (laughs) (laughs) I'm joking. I'm joking. But like maybe delete the app off of your phone yep. and see what's really happening physically in your relationship. For sure. And it's it goes back to our thing of like trust, you know, trusting becomes easy with trustworthy people. Yep. You're not going to be feeling unloved, undervalued, hidden by somebody who's not undervaluing you or not hiding you.
1: For sure. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: London, we love you so much. We know that we were all over the fucking place (laughs) with this.
1: Sorry about that. (laughs) But uh,
0: you deserve to take up space. You deserve to be loved in the way that you um, deserve. That doesn't really make sense, does it?
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're both a little tired this evening, everyone. (laughs) Uh,
0: Let's just say this. London, you deserve better, and we hope you go and get it.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for writing. We love you.
0: All right, this wraps up this spooky dookie Halloween.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, was there any Halloween content besides our check-in?
0: Well, I love the fact that both of our letters mentioned, like, ghosts and haunting.
1: Oh, true, true.
0: Yeah. Are you going to dress up on our show on a Saturday? No. Yeah. Halloween costumes. <laughs> I'll be um Cruella de Deville and you'll be a Dalmatian. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. That sounds great. I can't wait.
0: Just kidding. Um, Nobody, uh, people can dress up if they want, but most importantly, you can bring us candy.
1: Yes, please do that.
0: Okay, this brings us to the blind date segment <laughs> of our show. Every episode, we want to shout out something we want to send you home with, and this week, we want to set you up with...
1: So everyone's been asking me about, like, Russia, because they all know I'm so into it. <laughs>
0: Have they? <laughs> have
1: they <laughs> uh so my book my recommendation is a book called romanovs 1613 to eight nineteen eighteen. 1918
0: oh my god you're such a nerd
1: yeah which is a uh definitive history of the romanovs from the first michael Romanov to the last which was czar nicholas ii
0: and you say you don't like halloween like i just don't <laughs> know who you are
1: um so what so i've read like 18 histories of the Romanovs but what I like about this one is that it is uh very factual but also very salacious so it like will talk about all of the crazy sex that they were having (laughs) and all of the like horrible ways that they like tortured and murdered people um and so it's like the most fun one to read that I ever have so much so that I've also now read it twice Ooh. Uh, and it's called Romanovs 1613 to 1918 it's by Simon Sebag Montefiore wow it's got a beautiful name. blue cover um if you are interested at all in the Romanovs or Russian history I would definitely recommend reading it and if you do hit me up and we can talk about um our favorite emperors
0: oh my god you're so cute I can't <laughs> even say like I want to be angry at you but I'm just you know In love with you. (laughs) Oh,
1: well, thank you. I love you, too. All right. Thank you so much for listening. You can like us on Facebook, and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at JustBreakupPod. You
0: can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can send us your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakupPod.com, which is also where you can get your Just Breakup merchandise and tickets to our second-ever live show in Austin, Texas, this Saturday, November 2nd at 5 p.m. at The High Ball.
1: Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review, and consider supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for $5 a month, you get an additional bonus weekly episode. That's $5 a month for a weekly episode. This literally keeps the lights on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers, giving them relationship advice.
0: Original music, recording, editing, and producing by our good friend, Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What If Podcast, and remember... You do not need another person to define you, to fix you, or to make you full. You do not need anyone else to give you permission to move forward, to heal, to problem solve, to make that decision, to leave, to love, to forgive, to send that email. You can do it right now. As is, you alone already have what it takes because you are worthy of love, but you are not defined by it. And if all else fails...
1: Just Break Up.